Hey, take your Bible and open to 2 Timothy 3. Now, if you have access to the Bible uh, on your phone, we want you to feel free to pull that out. So just a, just a quick heads up about the end of our service today, the way we're going to do things. When we get to the end of our time of studying Scripture this morning, looking at 2 Timothy chapter 3, when we get to the end of that time, we're going to have a, chant, a, a time of guided prayer, introspective prayer. We're going to pray together as a church. We're going to finish a couple of minutes early, theoretically, if that works out, than, than we normally would because... I want you to go from here, I want you to spend some time in the lobby doing, doing a couple of things, partly just spending time together as a church. We're not doing a walk around greeting during the service because we want that to happen afterward. But in the lobby, off to your left, are a few tables that have very old Bibles that are meaningful to people, to their families, and they've written notes about why those Bibles are, are so special to them. I have a Bible that I laid out there this morning that one of my family members carried in World War I, and you can read notes in the Bible that this gentleman was writing while he was going into battles about asking for the Lord's protection. And, and so we still have those, uh, those notes inside that Bible. So we have some Bibles like that that are laid out there. Off to the right, as you exit, are tables that have Bibles, many study Bibles, really nice study Bibles, that people have donated. If you don't have a Bible that you feel comfortable reading, or you've always wanted to have a study Bible with some study notes in there, but you've just never been able to spend the money for that, have never done that, those Bibles are for the taking. Don't, don't leave them. Go and take them. Students, if you guys have always wanted a study Bible, go pick up a, a study Bible. You're going to have a chance to, to grab those. And so we're thinking this morning about the holiness of the Bible. When you look at the Bible and it says, Holy Bible, on the spine or on the cover, what does that mean? 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to read verses... Once I get there, because I turned the wrong spot. I'm sorry about that. There we go. Try again. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's read verses 14 through 17. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Father, we thank you again for the gift of your word that we have sung about this morning the stories that are contained uh, in the experiences of those Bibles that are laid out there on the tables, but we know it's not just even the words on the page, God, it's your words that work in our heart and our mind. God, I pray this morning that our hearts and minds would be prepared to study Scripture, to think about Scripture, to consider this for our own lives and our own families. And God, just as James said earlier that the word is also being spread around the world. 
in different languages and different ways. And God, I thank you for that as well. May that continue. And Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Watch this quick video to get us started as we think about the holiness of the Bible. picture of what it looks like to receive God's word as holy and precious, a treasure that we receive, and then it's not just for ourselves, but it's to be passed on to, to others. And if you go on the internet and you look up the Kimyal tribe and receiving the Bible, there's the Bible Translation Committee that talks about that story that goes behind some of that video that, that you saw there. But we think about and, and I want to be so careful from the beginning. I'm probably going to say this two or three times during the service today. The goal in nothing that we do this morning is to guilt you into saying, oh, look at how bad I am at reading the Bible. I should do better. Let's go and do better. It, don't take it that way. I, I, hope, I hope the feeling this morning is inspiration, not guilt. I, I hope it's challenge, not burden, that, that you're lifted up by the holiness of Scripture and desire that to be part of your life. We took a survey as a church back in August. I want to show you some of the results from, from that survey. We're kind of putting this out in different ways. So how often do our members, this is just members of Emmaus, how often do we read the Bible, those seventh grade and older? Just under 30% said less than weekly or, or not at all. 31% said one to three times per week. And then almost 40% said four times per week or, or more. And so that's representative of people who listed, I'm a member of Emmaus and, and filled out the survey. Next slide shows you for our kids, the same question, first through sixth graders, 
how often they said they read their Bible on a weekly basis other than Sunday school. 62% of kids or parents answering for their kids said less than weekly, 23% one to three times, 15% four or more. The national average in, in a book that I'm going to tell you about here in just a moment said 29% of kids regularly read their Bible. I would guess by regularly they mean weekly. It doesn't define it in the study, but that's my, that's my guess. The next slide is one that I want us to pay attention to. This is a question on the survey that said, how often in your household do you pray and read Scripture? So not just you individually or not just your kid individually, but how often do you do it as a household? 60%, and it looks like I, made, like I rounded the percentages, but it literally came out to 60%. 60% said less than weekly or not at all. Do we read the Bible or pray together in our house? 20% said one to three times per, per week. 20% said four plus times per week. Now here's the interesting thing about that, and here's the transition that I, I want to make. A few years ago, a group called Lifeway Research, which is connected to Southern Baptist churches and other evangelical churches, Lifeway Research did a research project in which they tried to determine what factors made it most likely that a kid who grew up in church would continue to remain involved in church and committed to the faith in the future. And so they, they interviewed thousands of young adults and asked them about their story. They asked their parents about the experience. Here's the result that came from that. The single greatest contribution to raising fully devoted, Christ-following young adults is regular Bible reading. Now, the book, Nothing Less, is the book that came out of that research project. I've got a copy of it. Courtney has a copy of it if you want to look at it. But the statistics are incredible because there's one indicator that by percentage outpaces everything else, and it's Bible reading. Now you say, why would that be the case? Why would that be the indicator? Well, that's what we're going to look at this morning. What does it mean that we consider Scripture to be holy? I want you to look at these verses on the Bible. First, we're going to talk about how the Bible has a holy source. It comes from God. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. Let's pull that verse up on the screen to go to that next verse. 2 Peter 1, 16. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And then look at verse 21 from 2 Peter 1. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That reminds me of something. Kids, and this goes for adults just as much as kids. Let me give you something you could do this morning that would be valuable for years to come in your life. If you have a hard copy of the Bible with you and a writing instrument, a pen or a pencil, in the inside cover of your Bible, you could write verses that tell me about the Bible. And on that little half sheet of paper that I passed out, one of the reasons I passed that out is there are several verses listed on there. Some we're going to read, some we won't read. But these are verses that let you know what the Bible says about itself. And I think it's valuable that on the inside cover of your Bible, you write those down. Now, let me make one quick correction. On that listing, that bullet point listing, I wrote 2 Timothy 4, 13 through 17. It's supposed to be 2 Timothy 3, 
14 through 17, so you'll have to help your kids fix that little mix-up at 2 Timothy 3. But I really think it's valuable that you have in your Bible, if anybody ever asks you, hey, what does the Bible say about itself? What do you believe about Scripture? You have some verses that you can turn to to say, okay, this, these are some verses about the Bible. 2 Peter chapter 1 is a great place to start. What does it mean? What does it mean to have the Holy Word of God? It means it has a holy source, that the Bible came from God. When you are talking about a religious book, there are only really two main options. Either that religious book was written by people trying to say things about God, or that religious book came from God and was given to us to reveal who he is and what he's all about. So either it was people writing about God, or it's God giving his word to people. And we very much believe that when you talk about the Holy Bible, the Bible has a holy source. It was given from God to his people. But it wasn't given in a secretive way. It wasn't given to only one person. It wasn't given all at one time. God's word was given through people who had personalities and had real situations in life, and were writing over a period of hundreds and hundreds of years in all these different locations. And there are thousands of manuscripts in the Bible. When people press me on the question of, hey Owen, why do you believe in the Bible? There's all these manuscripts out there. That's actually one of the reasons I have such strong confidence in Scripture. We don't run away from the fact that there's all these manuscripts that have been found. In fact, that is one of the greatest indicators that this is in public and not making fun of any religion or any other religious groups. But when we talk about the Bible, the Holy Bible given to us, it wasn't given on a random tablet found in a secret location that no one can find anymore. It wasn't given to one person at one time in an isolated place. The Bible has been revealed to us in all these different ways by God speaking through his people to us, which means this. Because it came from God, it's not going to change. You didn't get Holy Bible X and then XR came out the next week and you're like, oh man, I could have gotten Bible XR, but I purchased Bible X. It doesn't work like that. Like, you don't wait in line for the next edition to come out. God's word has, has been given to us, and so it, it's stable, it's understandable, but also it's been given through people, so it speaks into our life. It's not this series of spiritual sayings that are out there that you have to go after. It's been given to us in a way that we can understand, in a way that we can receive. John chapter 1 is a beautiful picture of this. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But watch what happens in verse 14. The Word became flesh. And dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, is the Bible from God? Absolutely, it has a holy source, it comes from God, it's trustworthy, but it's not this matter of you have to come out and get it. God says, I have come to you, I have brought my word to you in a way that you can receive, in a way that you can understand, in a way that you can make sense of, and it's pictured through the sending of a son, Jesus Christ, and then we have access to Scripture in front of us. The gift it is to have God's Word with us. So it has a holy source. We also know that the content of the Bible is holy. Look at John chapter 5 here on the screen, and then we're going to get to 2 Timothy in just a second. 
John chapter 5, 39 and 40. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. There are people who study the Bible for a living who don't believe in Jesus. It's possible, it's possible to read the Bible your whole life and, and to miss the core message that's given there that it all points to who Jesus is and what he's done. When, when we receive the Bible, we're not receiving a series of hot takes on different topics. We're not receiving how to have a better life. We're not receiving these random theoretical spiritual principles. We're receiving God's word that focuses on his plan for his people and his creation through Jesus Christ. If anyone ever asks you, to tell them what the Bible is about, let me remind you of our friend that we have looked at many times before, and I will continue to point you back to because I just think it's a helpful model. We talk about this three circles model, and when we talk about the three circles model, we often talk about it in relation to what it means to become a Christian, but if you're ever in a situation that you need to explain the content of the Bible to someone in a two to three minute framework, this model is a great way to do that. God's design puts you in Genesis 1 and 2. That God has designed this world for his purposes, for his glory, to make himself known. And so you can say, the Bible starts by showing us God's design, that God's in charge, that he's the creator. But the people that he created moved away from his design. They, they sinned, and they turned away from God, and that sin led to brokenness. And you don't have to go very far in the Bible before you find a broken world full of death and pain and sin. And people try to deal with that brokenness in so many different ways, and they can't. But thankfully, the Bible is about good news. The word gospel there is the word for good news. And so God is calling his people to turn away from sin and to trust in him because he has made a way to be made right again with him. And that comes through Jesus. And then when you experience the good news of Jesus, you recover and pursue God's plan for his people. And so the Bible shows us how to live as God's people. And so what you can do is you can draw on a napkin in a restaurant with a business partner or a friend. And you can say, hey, let me just tell you what the holiness of the Bible is all about. This is what it means to be dedicated to God and separated from sin, that this is what the Bible is about. And so you're able to say the Bible comes from God. Yes, it does. And the Bible is about God. It has holy content. Now, here's the question. What if somebody says, thanks but no thanks? Or what if this morning you say, thanks but no thanks? You know, I, I think I get what you're going for, Owen. It came from God. It's about God. I'm not sure if I buy it. I don't know if I believe it. What do you say to people in that situation? Usually what I'll say is, is, number one, keep reading. Keep reading, and especially reading with others. Ask a ton of questions. We're never, ever, ever scared of people asking questions about Scripture. Keep reading. Ask all the questions you want to, because the Bible has been given to us in public. I, I'll tell people, I know this sounds strange, but I'll tell people, when you become a Christian, you don't get a different Bible. 
what I'm presenting to you right now is the same Bible you're always going to have. It's not like we have a hidden document that you get after you become a follower of Jesus. Ask questions about this, that, that we're going to read this together. And if you don't believe in the Bible, sometimes what happens is you'll experience the grace and power of Jesus in your life, and then that will lead to fuller belief in Scripture. It's not a matter of, I have to completely believe the Bible and then I'll be made right with God. Sometimes you experience God's power in your life in this really incredible way, and then you grow into all this other belief about Scripture. And then one other thing that I'll tell people in this question of, I don't really know if I believe in the Bible, ask, so what? Over and over, it is not bad when we are studying Scripture and talking about Scripture, it is not bad to ask the so what question. Because what you're getting at there is you're saying, what is the purpose of the Bible? Okay, you say that the Bible is from God. Let's, let's go with that. It came from God. And you say that the Bible has holy content. It's about how I can be made right with God. Let's go with that. So what? What comes of that? Well, here's the beauty of the so what question, because you're getting at the purpose. What's the purpose of the Bible? And many of you, if you've been around church for a long time, you've memorized Isaiah 55.11. If you don't have this verse in your back pocket, Isaiah 55.11, God says that my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So one of the things you help people understand, and one of the things we want to understand this morning, is the Bible has a holy source. It comes from God. It has holy content. It's how to live as God's people in his world. It's how to be made right with him. And it has holy purposes. That God wants not just to give us the word, but that word is active. That word does things in our life. It does things in our church. What does it do? Well, prepare yourself for this, but... It does up, in, and out. Um, this is your chance to roll your eyes at me, and that's okay, because when you roll your eyes at me, I know it means you're starting to get up, in, and out. So Adamaeus, we talk about how up is about worship, in is about discipleship and transformation, and out is about mission. And when you ask me what are the three purposes of Scripture, those three purposes come right from 2 Timothy 3. If you manage to still have your Bible open to 2 Timothy 3, extra points for you, um, go back there. Look at verse 15. I want to show you up, in, out as the three purposes of Scripture that make its holiness come into our lives. Verse 15, Paul says, Remember, Timothy, how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. What's the purpose of the sacred writings? which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. First purpose, the first holy purpose of the Bible is salvation. Up, to focus our eyes on Jesus. I need a Savior, and the Bible points me to the Savior. The good thing in the Bible is the Bible just doesn't tell you what's wrong. The Bible tells you where to find the answer. In fact, the Bible points you to the answer found in Jesus Christ. And so, a really powerful place this shows up is in 1 Peter chapter 1. Let me point you to this verse. 1 Peter 1, 23. Peter says, You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. The Word of God gives life, and the Word of God continues to sustain life. 
Now, I talk a lot about the three circles model because I think it's easy to understand and I think it's helpful. But let me be crystal clear about something. Taking somebody through the model is not nearly the same as putting the Word of God in front of them. And any time you can put the Word of God in front of someone and show them the Scripture and let them read the Scripture, I'm going to tell you to do that. You use the model because then it's an easy segue to say, hey, let's look at the Bible and see what it says about that. We're not trying to get somebody to buy into three circles and three arrows. Once again, I think it's incredibly helpful and I use it all the time, but being born again doesn't come through three circles and three arrows. It comes through the word of God, that power at work in our lives. And so we put that in front of people. It's living, it's active, it gives life, but it also abides. It continues to work in our lives. Look back in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 14. So you have to back up a verse from what we saw earlier. 2 Timothy 3, 14. As for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it. This is the idea that we don't just experience God's word at the point of salvation and then leave it aside. One of the things that happens when you read scripture is you become, let me try that again. When you read scripture, you come to more fully understand what God has done in your life. So at the point of salvation, you know I have a problem, it's sin, I can't fix it on my own, only Jesus can do that, I'm going to give my life to him. The more you read the Bible, the more you see the depth and the color and the richness of what that salvation is all about. And so the word gives life, but then the word sustains that life. When you open the Bible to read it, one of the things that it does for us is it focuses our eyes back on Jesus. We live our life with our eyes focused in so many different ways, and we read scripture, we're reminded of, oh yeah, that's what God has done in my life. That's what God desires for my life. This is the reason when we teach people to read the Bible, we say the first question you should ask is, what does that teach me about God? Not, what's it teach me about me? The first question we ask is, what does that teach me about God? How do I know him more? How do I worship him? How do I look up to him as a result of reading scripture? So the first purpose of the Bible is it focuses, focuses us up on God. The second is in. It changes our life from the inside out. Verse 16. Verse 16 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. How many of you in verse 16, your Bible says all scripture is inspired? Does anybody have inspired in there? Yeah. So oftentimes, verse 16 will say all scripture is inspired or breathed out. It, it comes from God. So when, when I was in seminary, I wrote a, a paper for a conference presentation about the meaning of inspiration in ancient documents. So I looked at the Bible and I looked at all these early Christian writers and, and writers in the ancient world about the word inspiration. Here's the way that writing papers for conferences work. You pour hundreds of hours of your life into this project, and then you go into a conference room and four people show up. One came to the wrong room, 
one is there to argue, and the other two are your friends. Um, so, like, you give hundreds of hours of your life to this, and then four people show up, and they really don't care about it. But one thing that I did learn in the process of that is when you look at the word inspiration in early Christian writings, when you look at that word, it's not primarily about the Bible being true. Now, hear me clearly. I do believe the Bible is true, and it's inspired, and it comes from God, so it's trustworthy. But when the word inspiration is used, that the word of God is inspired, that the spirit is at work, almost every time that instance is used, it's about how it impacts the way we live. So the inspiration of scripture is, yes, the Bible is true, and because it's true, it impacts how we live. So when the Bible is at work in my life, my life will be transformed. It will be profitable. Meaning, very simply, it is worth your time to read the Word of God. It is profitable. There are results that come from that. What results? Teaching, reproof, correction, training, and righteousness. I don't mean to be silly at all at this point, so hear me out. I'm not trying to be cute. For those things to happen, for the Word of God to change you from the inside out, it actually has to get on the inside. For, for that to happen. So there has to be Bible intake. I have to have the Bible coming into my life. You say I don't read well. Well, most people don't. Reading is not a sweet spot for a lot of people. We have the gift of audio Bibles. I think there's great, great value in, in having audio Bibles that you can listen to, especially if you're not comfortable reading. Read with others. Have you're just listening as other people are reading. Have ways that you are getting the Bible into your life, that it's becoming a part of who you are. And as that happens, then you have to chew on it. Sometimes in church life in Oklahoma or America, we run from one Bible study to the next, and you talk to people, and they're a part of five different Bible studies. And I'm not speaking down about Bible studies, but if you don't take time to ingest that, to meditate on that, to think about the implications of that, to have people asking you hard questions about Scripture and keeping you accountable to that. If we just run from one knowledge piece to the other, that teaching, reproof, correction, training usually doesn't happen. And so I would rather see you take a little bit of Scripture into your life and chew on it and ask questions about it and have people speak into your life and then see that transformation come. Uh, how many of you if you would be willing to say so, have ever participated in the Couch to 5K running program? Anybody willing to admit they've ever done Couch to 5K? Oh my word. So me and my wife are like, okay, I have a few people are willing to admit they've done Couch to 5K. So Couch to 5K is a running program where you go from, I don't think I can get off the couch, to in a series of weeks, I'm able to run a 5K race. The reason being if you can't hardly get off the couch and you go try to run a 5K race, you're probably going to get hurt or you're going to hurt yourself or somebody else in, in the process. And so what you do is you incrementally build up to it. I think the reason people get discouraged with Bible intake, Bible reading sometimes, is they try to go couch to 5K in Bible reading. You have to build some muscle. You have to build some stamina. If you wake up and say, hey, next week I'm going to read the whole Bible, I'm not saying it's a bad plan. It's just probably not an achievable plan. It's probably not going to happen. And so we need, if, if you're not taking Scripture into your life, I don't know that you need to commit next week to reading the entire Bible. 
What you could do next week is you could read the last two chapters of the Bible because that will be about next week's sermon. And so you just say, I'm going to read two chapters this week. I'm going to read the very last two chapters in the Bible because I'll know how the story ends. And that's how I got through high school and college anyway, was only by reading the last couple of pages of the book anyway. So you feel very comfortable. You already read like that anyway. Start there and allow God to use that in your life. So number one purpose is it focuses me up on Jesus. Number two, I get it into my life and it changes the way I live. Number three, verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, the person of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Let me point you back to some verses in John chapter 17. If you guys would skip ahead a couple of slides, I jumped Go to John 17, 18 through 19 on those slides if you could. There we go. Jesus said, As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Here's what I want you to hear from 2 Timothy 3 and John 17. The holy word of God is directly connected to the holy mission of God. The word of God and the mission of God are meant to go together. And here's the danger, and this is an Oklahoma danger in 2018. If we're not careful, we divide churches into, the, into a couple of groups. This is the church that is really committed to Scripture and to Bible study and to knowledge, and they do really well with the word of God. And this church over here, they are great at reaching people far from Jesus. They don't have a lot of Bible, but man, they are really trying to reach people. So you have the, I'm really committed to the Bible church, and the, I'm really committed to the mission of God church. And you understand the danger, right? You feel the, you feel the tension and the danger there, that the word of God and the mission of God are never meant to be separated. If we really claim to value the word of God, we will do everything we can to reach people who are far from Jesus. And if we are committed to reaching people far from Jesus, we will never do that apart from the word of God because what else do we have to offer them? And so if we at Emmaus, and let's just be honest here, if you put us in one of those two camps, we're probably going to fit in the Bible camp. The camp of we value the word of God, we study the word of God, we uphold the word of God, we're, we're more, probably more knowledge-based across the spectrum. If that's really true of us, then let it drive the mission of God for us. If we really value, and I, frankly, I just point all ten fingers at myself as the pastor. If we really value the word of God, we should be at the front lines for reaching people who are far from God. What does the Bible do? What are the purposes? It points me to Jesus. It points me up to Jesus. It changes me on the inside, who I am as a person, and then it sends me out to share that word with everyone that I can. So what do we do as a result of this? Number one, I tell you just to start to read Scripture. Listen to Scripture. Get Scripture into your life where you live learn, work, play, get the Bible in, into your life. We are working on a project to help you do that in the best way possible. Here's what we're going to do, Emmaus. I want you to see this last screen. This is 
what we are going to call the Route 66 Bible Project. All right? Here's the plan. First week of January 2019, we will roll this out to you. I hope you read the Bible between now and January, but we're starting this particular project in January. January, we will roll this out to you. We are going to cover 66 books in 66 weeks because 66 weeks takes us to Easter 2020. So between the first week of January 2019 and Easter 2020, we are going to help you with your family as a part of your group, as a part of your um, small group or whatever you're a part of. We're going to help you walk through the Bible one chapter per week at a time. From each book, we're going to give you one main chapter to read. You're like, oh, and I can't read the whole book of Genesis in one week. We're not asking you to do that. We're going to give you one chapter, and then we're going to give you a summary of each of the books. And so in 66 weeks, you will have been able to go through the entire Bible, understand it a piece at a time. We're going to send emails. We're going to push it through our social media. You're going to get a fridge chart that your family can hang up at home and your kids can put stickers when you read the chapter together as a family. You're going to get a bookmark that you can put in your Bible to keep on track. What book are we at this week? Where are we at along the way? I'm telling you, we are passionate about making sure our people are getting the Word of God into their lives because we know when that happens, it will impact everything we do as a church. I'm going to pray for us here in just a moment. And after I pray, you got two options. Now, I guess you can make up other options, but two came to my mind. Number one, if you need someone to pray for you this morning, if you say, I need to know more about the Bible, I need to know more about Jesus, come down here to the front. Do not leave this room without finding someone to pray for you. If you're hurting in your family, if you're hurting at your job, we will pray for you, we'll pray with you. Number two, I hope you'll go out in the lobby, hang out for a while, Look at those Bibles out there. Pick up a study Bible if you don't have one or pick up a translation that will help you be able to read Scripture. We want you to be able to take advantage of that right now. Let's bow our heads. We're going to pray together, and after we pray, we'll be dismissed. Father, I pray that this morning will have been a reminder of your holiness shown to us through the holiness of Scripture. Father, I pray that we would read your word, that we would listen to your word, that we would discuss your word with others, but more than anything, we wouldn't just be hearers of the word, but we would be doers of the word. And God, if we do believe in your word, and I know that we do as a church, that that would put us on the front lines of reaching people who are far from you, that we would love them, that we would show mercy and grace to the world around us, God, I pray that if there are people here who haven't read, read the Bible in a long time, who would be scared to admit it, but they've kind of grown bored or apathetic or lazy towards Scripture, Father, I pray that they would not leave under a cloud of guilt, but God, they would leave inspired by the power of your Spirit. God, that you would heal relationships, heal families, and use your word to do that. And God, we give ourselves to you right now as your people. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.